Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I am joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hun? I am very well, and yourself? Can you see anything? No. No. It's very dark in here. Yeah, we've got one of those flickering light situations and like other bulbs in the light work, but we're both just too lazy, I think, to take out the flickering bulb. Well, I think the other issue, too, is that we don't have a bulb to replace any of them as well. So even if we did take out the flickering bulb, we would still be in the dark. I mean, true, but. But there is the laziness factor because the flickering bulb could easily be dealt with but yeah. neither of us will do so so correct so, so yeah interesting start to the podcast I, th- I think this is what no this is not the first time we've done it in the dark i think we did it once when it was just really hot it was when our air conditioner broke oh right we did it in the dark to, and that to, was right near the beginning of this whole yeah, podcast journey because that was a while back that mm-hmm, was a while back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but here we are in the dark not trying to keep cool just laziness mostly mm-hmm. so what else is new yeah well we we still have that house that we were talking about last episode yep and we've been doing nothing but running back and forth to it and and trying to get it ready we currently are not living there it's just there and we own it and we still own this house too and hopefully very soon we will stop owning this house and move all of our stuff from one place to the other yep and i'm excited and it, it, it'll be a good time we we've gotten a fair bit done already there so one floor is painted yeah and i've almost finished the gardening and that's about it yeah but still that's still it's a good start good start for only having owned it for three full days yeah but you know what that's not what people are here for people no. are here to listen to us talk about movies yes specifically old movies and this week We'll be talking about Scream 2, which hit theaters back in 1997. This is our second 97 movie in a row. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? It's time, girlfriend. Don't you know history repeats itself? night, two college students were brutally murdered. Police are everywhere. The girl was stabbed seven times. Ouch. Hi, Gail Weathers, author of the Woodsboro Murders. She's an opportunist. Be kind, she saved our lives. Yeah, I know. I read all about it in the book. I can't wait to see the movie. to do if there is some freaked out psycho they're probably already in your life okay so you just want to sit here and and wait to see who drops next the way i see it someone's out to make a sequel so it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel number one the body count is always bigger number two the death scenes are always much more elaborate how do we find the killer randy that's what i want to know well let's look at the suspects anything am i it's him he can see us do you want to die tonight is that the best you can do why not set your goals higher huh you want to be one of the big boys manson bundy oj what's your favorite scary movie 
Showgirls. Absolutely frightening. Yeah, as you know, ninety-seven is the year, and I think I've mentioned it before that when I think of like prime time of like good times and even though I, I picture myself as 16 in 1997 which isn't true no I was 12 mm-hmm. and I picture 1997 having been awesome and not that long ago is the other thing as well meanwhile it was a long time ago. yes it was anyway I just want to throw that out there it's like 1997 is the year my mind like defaults to as like the peak of like good times yeah but that's not entirely accurate (laughs) you're not wrong but hey you know i'm I'm glad that you enjoy 1997 but why don't you tell me about some stuff that happened in 1997 if there's anything left because i feel like we've done 1997 quite a few times now well 1997 thankfully we haven't done this month yet because this movie came out in december 1997 Mm mm-hmm so we've talked about some other months in 1997, but not December. Just to kind of paint a picture of the world in 1997, in December. On December 8th, it was the 8th Billboard Music Awards, which I thought had been going on longer than this, but there you go. I guess not, uh, no. Big winners of the night. Can you guess who the big winners in 1997 would be, dear? Of the Billboard Music Awards? Mm-hmm. Was it Destiny's Child? No. that You're too... Too early? Too early. But in, close in terms of, you know, strong women. Was it the Spice Girls? Spice Girls and Leanne Rhymes were the big winners of the night. Oh, uh, well, I sort of was nowhere near that. But <laughs> Speaking of December 15th, Spice World, the movie directed oh, by Bob go. Spears and starring girl group The Spice Girls premieres in the UK. I love that movie and I have looked up and down to find a way to make that movie fit into our criteria and it does not. It was a financial success. But, but critically, it was a blog uh, and theatrically, it was theatrically did well, but it was never number one. Mm-hmm. It made its money back plus a fair bit, but it was never like huge, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. So there you go. December 16th, U.S. President Bill Clinton officially names his Labrador Retriever Buddy. <laughs> Very original name. Yep. And very topical to this podcast, December 25th, for the first time ever, U.S. movie box office receipts for the year past $6 billion. Dang. Now, just saying, like, single movies now make, well, not this year or last year, but generally would make, there's they're single movies that made a billion dollars on their own. So, like, I wonder what the box office, like, receipts for the year is now. I, I should have Googled that. The, yeah, because this year is not. This year doesn't count. No, and last year really didn't count either. No. I mean, I, is this year better or worse? I mean, the biggest box office movie I, I, I was reading in pandemic times is Godzilla versus Kong is the is the biggest movie, which must make you very happy. It does. I'm actually really happy that because I feel like that movie might not done have done as well in a regular time. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is a shame because it should. It should do well. It was fun. So, yeah. One of those beautiful... Blo- and I think maybe that's part of why I love 1997 so much is, like, those are the big news stories of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, of the month. Like, that's it. Nothing yeah, special. It's nothing, like, terrifying and yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, things were good in 1997. <laughs> you know what wasn't good in 1997? What? 
the autumn box office. Oh, no. The biggest movie of the fall was one I do enjoy, but isn't I admittedly not great is I know what you did last summer. Oh, yeah. Which at fifteen point eight million dollars broke the box office record for a slasher film's debut, which was set in 1991 originally by Freddy's Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Then following that, there was Starship Troopers, The Jackal. One movie that I know you want to do, Mortal Kombat Annihilation and Flubber. <laughs> and then it was Scream 2, which was number one at 32.9 million. Scream 2 broke Beavis and Butthead to America's record for the highest weekend debut in December. Broke, I know you did last summer's previous record from like a month earlier. And also broke Pocahontas's record. For the highest weekend debut for a film featuring a female protagonist, which is a little sad. There's some interesting stuff in there. Like uh, some of those movies that you named off, I, I was I was not expecting to be in there, yeah. in there, especially Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, it was number one for one week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that's funny because that means it technically counts. I. That's why I said I know. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. So anyway. But we're not going to do that before we do the original Mortal Kombat, uh, okay. which we should have done when the new Mortal Kombat came out. But I'm not good at planning, so that didn't happen. Well, Scream 2 was beaten by dun, 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 Titanic, hey. which beat literally everything else until April of the next year. Yes. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. And as we discussed last week, top movies of the year released that year were Titanic, Men in Black, and Lost World. Scream 2 was number 14 at $101.3 million. Well, that's a fun time. Yeah. So for a slasher film, a slasher sequel even then, very financially successful for them. I can see why they jumped into doing a third one not long after. Well, didn't they originally have like a trilogy kind of thing? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I read Kevin Williamson had kind of sketched out two and three. But the funny thing is about this movie, and it is something we'll discuss a bit getting into it. A lot of this movie was kind of written on the fly as they were filming. Like a lot of ad libs or or just they wrote it and then did it right then. Well, they they were writing it and kind of like changing things and filming things. And because this movie came out, like think about it, this movie came out in December of 1997. The original came out in December 1996. They had a year between the two movies. And even then, it wasn't immediately. It wasn't like, you know, oh, we know we've got a hit on our hands first week. Get to work on the sequel now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Remember, it wasn't for weeks that they realized, oh, oh, this movie's it's doing well. Like, because they at first thought it was a bomb. Yeah. Scream, the original Scream, mm-hmm. right? Because it didn't do well. And then it just word of mouth and it kept going. And then it became a bit of a, a cultural zeitgeist, if you will, of, you know, as a slasher. And uh, then so they they were left with very little. T- so they had to write the script. They had to make the movie and then edit the movie and like do all the special effects and blah, blah, blah. All within under a year. Mm-hmm. That's it's a very cramped timeline. Yeah. The only time you really see that is when they film a lot of movies together. Like Lord of the Rings is something that back to back, back to which, back to back. Which but was this, planned. Yeah. But that was planned. Exactly. And this was not. So that's a pretty good feat for something that was not planned like that. Exactly. So that alone, I would say, is indicative of. I would say and like not to, you know, a little bit of spoil, but some problems with this movie Mm -hmm. because like 
one of the main one of the main things because Scream itself is very tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. and it is a love letter to horror movies while still doing something different. And Scream Two is very aware of itself in the sense that it is a sequel, and sequels historically don't live up to their their predecessor. But there is a really good discussion in because they're like Randy is in a film class mm-hmm. with two of the other characters, Cece and Mickey. And what when year did uh, Dawson's Creek premiere? Uh, Joshua Jackson, who's oh, credited yeah, yeah, as yeah. Josh Jackson. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, are discussing sequels mm-hmm. because there's been a new killing on campus and blah, blah, blah. And they do discuss which sequels exceed the original. Yes. And two of which they discuss, and rightly so, Aliens. Yes. It's the first one they mention. Which was fantastic, and then Terminator Two, and they so they're just and they talk about James Cameron a bit, which is funny that a James Cameron movie then demolished this, this movie, movie yep. in the box office and every other movie, like I said, for like the better part of yeah all of winter. Mm-hmm. So I just I I really like that element of it that it does get into the sequelness of itself and tips its hat mm-hmm. to knowing what it is, if you will. Yeah. Anyway, I like though that they have to dis- differentiate between what is a sequel and what is part of a trilogy. Yes, because which is- because they specifically say Empire Strikes Back, which is yes, it is a better sequel, but again, it is part of a trilogy. Yes. So that is one thing that I, I did want to kind of just right off the hop talk about, and because that's the thing, like one, there are several movies where a sequel does out. Oh, live it or uh, its predecessor but a lot of them are planned like return of the king is the third movie in the lord of the rings movies but it's like the best one mm-hmm. but it's part of a trilogy so you know it doesn't count anyway not that that came up before this movie but just another one to throw out that's planned it was planned it's not the same right but anyway just to get into the sequelness of the sequel because mm-hmm. we've done a few sequels now last week lost world and no that's it's the only sequel we've covered on this is this and Lost World, the only sequels that we've covered that are sequels to movies we've already covered. Yes. But we have covered other sequels. Yes. Like we covered Friday the thirteenth part three. Yes. Which is personally my favorite in the series. And we also covered Army of Darkness, which is the third yes. movie in that franchise there you as go. well. See, there's another sequel that does the, the original. Hmm. Was, uh, Evil uh, Dead Two. Evil Dead Two. But um, is it quote unquote part of a trilogy by that point, you know? No. That wasn't pre-planned. No. Anyway, on that note, mm-hmm. speaking of sequels and stuff, you would have been 13 when this came out. Mm-hmm. I would have been almost 13 when this came out. Do you remember seeing this in your teen years or were you older when you watched this? This was older. This was very similar to to the first Scream where mm-hmm. I watched it because my brother had it on VHS. And it's funny because I mentioned this to you, What? but the... That is the only time I've seen this movie. I've seen the original Scream multiple times, whether Mm -hmm. it was on VHS or on DVD with you or whatever, or on VHS again with you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I've only seen Scream 2 once. And it really muddied a lot of my memories of this movie because you and I had a chat beforehand. She's like, you asked, you know, did you have you you've seen it? What do you remember? Kind of a thing. I remembered one of the two killers. I remembered there was 
two killers. Mm-hmm. I remembered the identity of one, not the identity of the other. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember half the cast of this movie. <laughs> I remembered certain scenes, but I remembered them out of order and who was killed in those scenes. Ah, If you recall, yeah. there was one I specifically named that you're like, no, that happens, but not to that character. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And then as the movie went on, a lot more memories were were triggered. But yeah, it really, this was something I'd only ever seen once and, and remembered, but not like as well as I would remember other movies in the franchise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair. See, this one I've seen probably the second amount of times to the first one. I did remember seeing this one because like, I will rented Scream from the video store. I'm pretty sure with a friend, mm-hmm. like I discussed, and because like, it's a movie I've seen so many times, it's hard to remember the very first time I saw it. But I'm like 99 sure. This one, obviously, I still see you to go see in the theaters, but rented it right away. Mm-hmm. Might have bought it right away, to be honest, because like I own this on VHS too. But I didn't think to steal that copy from my parents when we were there. No, next time. But I definitely remember watching it like ASAP, and the third one I saw in theaters. I'm pretty sure. Was that another year later? Or did there was no, was, there was a bit more of a gap. I think that was 2000. Mm. Yeah, I remember watching it. I remember seeing it in theaters. I remember loving it. I've seen it quite a few times since. I, I've said previously, and maybe not on this podcast, but to other people that like, because we've seen all of them, and I've seen the second two, sorry, the, second two, the third and fourth one in theaters. And I, I've said going in, like, my favorite in order are one two four three because three is strange i'd still like to watch it again but maybe not for this podcast i don't know if we can watch it anytime soon because i think our copy of three is scratched no so yeah i got wrecked um these things happen because we watched it on dvd and it was Mm -hmm. the same as the austin powers three pack that we have where it's basically thrown together and it's absolutely bare bones. It's a full screen copy with no subtitles. And the disc for two and three were one of those discs where it's like, you remember the discs that used to have one side was widescreen and one side was full screen? Mm-hmm. Except in this case, one side was full screen two and the other side is full screen three. And when we pulled the disc out, it was loose. And I'm fairly certain there's a very large scratch in the middle of it. So uh... on the three side. So. Yeah, so I've always kind of felt that this was a very good sequel. Mm-hmm. The first one's obviously superior. And I was very, because it has been, admittedly. I think the last time I watched Scream 2 was when I was sick with pneumonia mm-hmm. in our old apartment. So bare minimum, I'm going to say at least six years ago, this is the last time I watched it. Right. Because I, I remember... The one day I was just abysmally sick and I watched one, two, three, four in like a day. Was that before or after you built the cottage chairs for our deck? Probably right after. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a fool. Someone uh, had pneumonia and I was like, maybe you should rest. And you're like, maybe I'll build two cottage chairs instead on the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the best plan. No, no I, I think no. it was... a time after that where i had pneumonia because i've i've had it quite a bit which is how we got our shots so early thanks for your terrible lung capacity yay anyway so i was very interested to get back watching this movie without 
the delirium of being super sick mm-hmm. and to see if at the end of the day I would still consider my ranking of these movies one, two, four, three, mm-hmm. and see if maybe some switching of what I remember the other ones stays the same. So, on that note, yes, shall we get into the movie? Yeah, I want to bring this up right off the bat. Can we? Because I, it, I think it just exists outside of the film. But there are so many people in this movie. Yes. Like, and I don't mean like there's a there's way too many people in this movie. I mean there are way too many name actors. I don't think too many is. Well, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of them. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like every scene, almost it felt like was like, here's this person. Do you remember them? Or or this person's even more famous than you remember. You know, like things like yeah. that. Like the first note I wrote in the in my thing was Heather Graham, like with question marks. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's uh, oh Heather Graham. Yeah, no, no, no. That's you raise a good point because, and I do like speaking of that that they did end up casting Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling, yes, who was nominated for a Razzie for her part in this, which is meant to be bad. Yeah, like that's... the whole point is her performance is supposed to be bad and everything, and she, I was like. They, I think they missed the joke. I guess which so. is kind of unexpected from the Razzie people, I guess. But I don't know that much about the Razzie, so maybe someone who's listening is like, "No, the Razzie suck." I don't know. Um, but it did, and then I, I forgot that the person cast as Billy is yes. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Before I think he was getting because no- I don't think he really got any recognition until Royal Tenenbaums, right? Because he was in Bottle Rocket, and then I think that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And Heather Graham. So those are the those are the only three. Well, there's also Jada Pinkett. No, I meant from Stab. Oh, sorry. from Stab. Sorry. The three people we see from Stab. Yes. Yeah. Because I like that they open the movie with a shot, like a scene from Stab that yeah. is the original opening of Scream. Yeah, it's the movieized version of the movie we already saw. Yeah, and uh, I like that they they did exactly what you'd expect that a horror movie would open with. It was she's getting naked, yeah, and like the the opening at the movie theater with because it was a special screening. It wasn't even like you know it was just a going to the movie. Yeah, this was, was like a, a special screening, screening yeah. too. So this was on purpose, and it makes me wonder too. Did the two characters is Maureen and Phil Stevens. Yeah. Phil that. Stevens. That's it. Maureen something and Phil Stevens. And I'm wondering if they got special screener passes as a prize, quote unquote, because right. specifically because of their name. So they'd be there or I mean, the killer could have just killed them anywhere, but whatever. Cause we later find out that the killer is specifically killing people by name originally yeah because i was I was gonna say i wrote this down exactly what you're saying the people who are being killed have the names of the original victims in the original serial killings from the first scream but after this is mentioned this pattern is dropped entirely well i think i think part of it is it's only leading up to well no because they i guess they could have killed because the next person would be henry and then Tatum. Yeah, and they dropped that. But they did the first three until I guess they figured out what's going on. And yeah. that was all that mattered was to like well, it, scare them. The only thing I can think of is that because it was 
in the first movie, it was Maureen, then Steve, yep, and then Cece, and then Sydney is attacked for the first time. Yeah. And that's what happens here, too. Once she's attacked for the first time, that's when the pattern stops. I think it's because it's so they can, like, establish that something scary is going on. Yeah, or and... that it is a more than likely a copycat based on yeah. this evidence kind of a thing. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, I... well, going back to that movie theater scene. Yes, go ahead. I'm a nerd. Okay. I like nerdy movies. I like superhero movies. I like Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life been to a screening of a movie that is that rambunctious and just crazy for anything. Like mm-hmm. I've been to Star Wars movies and like people cheered when the logo showed up, but no, people weren't running around having lightsaber fights during the movie, you know, like. It, it just was very weird. That was how they, they watched the movie was with the way that they did it in that screening. Have you ever seen, have you ever been to a screening like that in your life? Maybe a Rocky Horror? Do you think that's what they were going for? Was it Rocky Horror? I, I, you know what? I think they were going for a bit more of the stereotype. Plus, do you remember this is a college town? Mm-hmm. So it's a bunch of college age kids were drunk watching a movie that i assume is a big deal they've handed out masks and fake knives mm-hmm. like glowing knives they're they're trying to make it a big thing like they're encouraging this behavior so as soon as you start encouraging this behavior the people in the audience obviously took it and ran with it and i think it is a bit of movie reality mm-hmm. Because, like, really, it it isn't how people watch movies. Like, yeah. let's be real. Yeah. I did like, also, in the movie theater scene, when Maureen pointed out that she should just star 69 that bitch. Yeah. Do you remember star 69? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a throwback. And then Sydney later has that little thing that automatically, like, she's got hooked up to her phone. Yes. That reads out who people are without having a star 69. Like, it's funny, like, you say that, but, like, now with my phone, nobody's name pops up unless I've already called them or entered them in my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, caller ID isn't a thing anymore again. Well, yeah, which is so stupid because they make you pay for it. And uh, even then, even then, it doesn't do a very good job. Yeah, because everybody just uses cell phones now. Yeah. So it's not like a residential number. Mm-hmm. I think if I got a call from a residential number, it would pop up. Maybe. Maybe. Depends depends on what you Yeah, remember yeah. remember caller ID? Now now my phone has this could you imagine? so I have a Google Pixel. Yes. And it has this Google service of call screening. Mm-hmm. So when someone calls me, it reads out a message that it's like the customer you're trying to like a computer voice comes on. It's like, it's currently screening calls. Please leave a brief message. And if you, you know, they want to take your call, they'll pick up. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few people be like, this is really weird. Are you actually there? And I've been like, yep, I'm actually here. I just wanted to make sure. And it, but it does it, it, it transcribes yeah. what they're saying in like a text to me. Mm-hmm. And then I can decide to pick it up. So when you get those spam callers that pretend to be the CRA or pretend to be cops or pretend to be this or that, or I want to cruise or whatever, they they just hang up. Mm-hmm. It's great. 
imagine having that service with this. Yeah. It's like this customer screening calls. It's like, God damn it. Um, just pick up the phone. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, Sydney. Damn it. Damn it. Just pick up the damn phone. Also, I liked that the killer in the movie was still the same voice as the killer from the the actual movie. Yes. Yeah. It's like, how did they, they nail that? Well, no, they would have had the voice Yeah, because the voice changer. They had the voice changer. The, well, the voice changer appeared to be some sort of device that like just existed. So. Yes. Yeah. I Because like the, it's a real guy's voice. Yeah. But like the pretend thing. It's a pretend thing. And it's a but movie they, magic. They tucked yeah. it into Sydney's father's like shirt. So mm. they had it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That you raised a good point. I thought that was entertaining. But. but it, on this topic of being in the movie theater, mm. one thing that's always slightly bugged me about this movie. What? I miss movie theaters. Me too. Anyway, sorry. How did the killer know Phil's head was exactly where it was? Right. How did the killer... Okay, there's a lot of what ifs here. Mm-hmm. So how did the killer... Was the killer just waiting for her, that dude to go to the bathroom? Like, what if he didn't pee? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like... assume he followed him. But no, the guy was already. The guy was already in the stall when when he comes into the room. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense because not only that, he kills that guy, mm-hmm. and then like goes back into the theater and sits with Maureen. Mm-hmm. But like, if he's waiting in the bathroom, if he's hiding in the bathroom, how does he know that's where she's sitting? Like. They they came, you know. I don't know. He it, would have had to have like been sitting a few rows back, waited for him to get up, and booked it to beat him into the bathroom. Yeah, like, well, he goes he he goes to scare her while she's getting the popcorn, and then he says he's going to the bathroom. So the only thing is, is if the killer gambled that he got up to go pee and hid in the bathroom waiting for him, and but also like. That plan also doesn't work if one of those two guys standing at the urinal finishes early. Yeah. <laughs> like. None of this makes sense. No. 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 That, in, that, like, that entire unless, sequence makes no sense. Unless it was both Mickey and Mrs. Loomis at the urinal. But then one of, who is in the, ur- the stall if it's the two of them at the urinal? Because somebody's in the stall. Uh, like, the sequence is cool and all, but if you try to look at it in any practical sense, it makes no sense. No, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. And it is a little lazy. <laughs> but it makes for a great death from Jay Pink- it, it S- does. Ma- yeah. Or well, she's just Jay Pinkett at this point. She hasn't been smithed yet. Yeah. Which is interesting because she's in a bit of the Drew Barrymore-ness from the first movie. Yeah. She's on the poster for this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't. I haven't watched the trailer for it yet. I don't know if they, they try and play it off like she's in the movie for a lot longer. Because they did that with, with Drew Barrymore. Like they did a... The way the trailer is, is done, it makes it look like she's in the movie for a, a bit longer than she is. But... I didn't see if they did that for for Jada Pinkett in this one, but yeah, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure because, like, I feel like maybe, but I don't know. I can't say for sure. Yeah, it's also interesting is because uh, I was looking for the posters 
for this for this movie because I make the graphics for the for the mm-hmm. for the podcast art and everything. There is a version of the poster that has Liv Stryber on it, mm-hmm. and then there's another version of the poster where he's not there and it's Jerry O'Connell. Oh, interesting! It's, it's, it's literally the rest of the poster is the same. It's just they're flipped. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why what the difference is or why one of them's there and one of them's not. But yeah, there's two different versions of the poster. Well, and I, I would say at the time, Jerry O'Connell was a bigger star than Liv Schreiber. I mean, now I know neither of them at this point are huge stars, but I'd say out of the I two know. of them. Liv Schreiber was, I'd say he, out of he's the very, two he had that them. very popular Showtime show. Did he? Ray Donovan. But I would say at- We haven't watched it because we don't have Showtime. I would say at this point, he is- like a more well-known actor than Jerry O'Connell. Yes. What's Jerry O'Connell up to these days? He's probably trying to get a new kangaroo jack made. Or, he, well, he got his legs eaten off in Piranha. That's right. He did get his legs and his penis bitten off. Yeah. Yeah. He lost his, his pee-pee. Yeah. What so, a weird movie that movie is. <laughs> that movie is great. Okay, so. I didn't say it was bad. I said weird. It is weird. I agree. But it's 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 pretty fun. Mm. Um, and I always forget Adam Scott is in it. Yes, yeah, he is in that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to this movie with all of the crazy people who are in this movie. Yeah. So after that amazing death scene from Jada Pinkett, we get into our main cast as yeah. we did the last time. And Sydney is being harassed, unfortunately, from people who are seeing the movie. And she's like, doesn't like she's her friend Hallie is like, oh, are you okay? And she's like, meh. They'll it'll die down when the movie dies down. Like you know, the same was when the book came out. Whatever, because Gail Weathers wrote a book, which yeah. is what the the movie is based off of which is i would say is funny that like they based a movie on a real life situation but this movie was like the original screen was inspired by the real gainesville ripper and they've done this with other serial killers like ed gein and then there's the town that dreaded sundown like it's like oh wait we've done this many times with other serial killers never mind Mm -hmm. You know, they they made up. But to make a movie so quickly after a book came out. Well, I mean, it's weird because like how much time has passed in movie world versus. I two years. It's two years. It is two years. Okay. It's two years. Yeah. Uh, so they fast tracked that movie. Yeah. It 100% has been a, a bit fast tracked. But one thing I noticed once we started getting into the actual main cast, mm-hmm. everyone's eyebrows are so thin. <laughs> That's one thing. And then it really hit me with the fashion because um, both Courtney Cox and, well, Gail Weathers and Sidney Prescott, they are both going for that almost late 90s, but still sort of mid 90s goth girl vibe, mm-hmm. which I mean, they both went through a very traumatic experience. I can dig it. I went through a goth girl vibe not long after this time. We all go through it. There's a lot of choices in this movie when it comes to wardrobe and hairstyling and facial hair styling like randy's goatee oh yeah there's some choices being made mm-hmm. dewey's mustache is much worse yeah he looks that was... a bit like Bo from superstore in this okay yeah yeah you dig it yeah yeah it's um there's some choices. Mm-hmm. There's some definite, but the whole movie overall, one of the things I've always said about Scream is one of the best things about it is it's timeless. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that they make comments about not everyone has, everyone has a cell phone these days, you know, 
And it's so weird that someone would have a cell phone a little to some people. Yeah. That's the only thing that really makes that movie feel dated. Whereas this movie is dated. Yes. This movie feels very 1997. The fashion choices are very 1997. It's just the eyebrows, again, we're, we're plucking them to within a millimeter of their life. It's very... Very 1997. Mm -hmm. And, oh, but you know whose eyebrows aren't like that? I did make note. Again, another person who I'm like, oh, right. I forgot she's in this. And a fairly sizable role, Portia de Rossi. Yes. When she showed up, I was like, what? <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. Elizabeth, or, um, Rebecca Gayhart and yeah. Portia de Rossi, they play these sorority sisters. Mm -hmm. Rebecca Gayhart, after this, went on to do Urban Legend. Yes. Where she's the killer. In Urban I Legend. saw that movie in theaters, and I do not remember that at all. <laughs> really? I actually, it's on Netflix now, so I watched it just the other day. Yeah, no, I did not remember that she was in that movie and that she was the killer. So Interesting. Well, anywho. Yeah, it um, it was, like this was like, she came out, and then she like almost immediately did Urban Legend. And that's kind of the thing that made her famous. And then I think she killed somebody. So, oh, well then, yeah. Okay, well, I guess the less said about her, the better. Jeez. Yeah. Mood so killing. anyway, mood killing, hon. Sorry, but yeah, she she kind of ruined her career. I think there were some drugs involved I with she... murdering somebody or killing them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, things went off the rail for her. It was pretty. I like that. I jumped straight to murder. I guess it's because we're talking about slasher films. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, for all I know, she like was in a car accident because she was drunk. Or I think that was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that actually is the case. So anywho. Yeah. Back to the movie. Back to the movie. So uh, Sydney's friend is trying to get into the sorority. So a bit of the sorority stuff does play in the movie. Uh, her boyfriend's in a fraternity. We meet one of our sorority sisters, Cece, Cece. who is also in the film class with Mickey. And, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. It's Sarah Michelle Gellar. Again, another very dated 90s thing Sarah Michelle Gellar she's great I love her I follow her on Instagram but I mean she was this is Buffy time like this is when you know, I, you know I like that you're like Sarah Michelle Gellar being in this movie dates it a little though <laughs> no you know who you know who being in this movie dates it Jamie Kennedy that's who dates a it. little <laughs> but you know who she's talking to on the phone oh what? yeah I, I saw this in the trivia but yeah, go it's ahead. Selma Blair. Yeah. Because this was right around when she did Cruel Intentions, which is another great movie I would love to rewatch. Well, when it's your turn again, you can put it on if it meets our criteria. Well, anyway, Cece is a character I thought who died later in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, for some reason, had this impression that she was going to stick around. Probably because it was Sarah Michelle Gellar, because I had I thought the same thing too. Uh, I remember I remember her being I didn't remember her being in it, but when I remember her when she showed up in the movie, I'm like, oh right, she's in this and she dies. I thought as well that that was much later in the movie, and it was not. It was like ten minutes later, maybe even yeah, five. Yeah, she she dies pretty early. Um, but then we find out this was the third person who's she's the third person in the pattern before the pattern disappears entirely. Yeah, because she's um, her real name. She goes by Cece, but her real name is Casey. Yes. Right? So fair in our 
forgetfulness because there is some buildup that leads up to her death. And I, I liked, she actually fought back really well mm-hmm. in a believable way. And like, she ended up not dying from the stab wounds, but being from being thrown off a building. Yes. And she's not the first one in it. Well, she's the first one in the, the series who dies from being thrown off the building, a building, but isn't the last. Right. Yeah. And then that it's when they're in the sorority house, because Sydney goes to the sorority party with Hallie, where Sarah Michelle Geller's character, Cece, is stuck at her own sorority house being the sober sister. And this is when Sydney's first encounters Ghostface is back mm-hmm. or someone who is pretending to be Ghostface. And you know what's silly? She starts talking about like she makes comment. Everyone talks about Billy being a killer. Yeah, they don't, about they, they don't talk about Stu. Well, that's the thing. The, 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 I also wrote this down as well is they only talk about Billy. Because Billy's mom is the killer in this movie. Like, there's really no reason to talk about Stu. Yeah, because there was- there's no, like, Stu doesn't come back in any way, shape, or form. I felt, and I wrote this down because I like this, there is a few sequences in the movie where Billy's mother is specifically mentioned. And mm-hmm. one of those is the Owen Wilson scene because it's the scene where Luke Wilson. You sorry, always I always I always say them two. the wrong name. Yes, I know which one is which, but I always say the names wrong. The Luke Wilson scene. Mm-hmm. The Luke Wilson scene is the scene from the original movie where he's talking about his motivations of like, oh yeah, my mom left. Well, that's a good reminder if you haven't seen the first one in a while or never saw it at all is that part of Billy's motivation was that his mother disappeared. Yeah, and it is very, like, you're right, it is very well done. Kind of just that, like, oh, you're watching a scene between, you know... Yeah, there's two bits of foreshadowing that it's the mom. And one is that scene. Mm -hmm. And then the other is when Randy calls the killer, or kills tells the killer that Billy was a mama's boy. Yeah. Because then he's immediately killed after that. Yeah. And then even she says, like, I yes. had to get a little stabby uh, when he said that about mm-hmm. my boy. And man, she does a great job of being a psycho. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, before this, I only knew her from Roseanne. And yeah, I was like, oh, same. she's actually really good at being. Yeah. I remember. Nuts. I remember when it was. I think that's probably why I remembered her being the killer more than I remember the other killer because it was the mom from Roseanne or the well, sister. It's the the aunt. Sister, yeah, sorry, the aunt. But she had a kid too, didn't she, in the show? Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't, don't remember. remember. Yeah, sorry. But I remember the the sister from Roseanne. Yeah. Yes. Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. I always remember her name is Jackie. I never remember the actor's name. It's Lori Metcalf. Yeah. I always forget. But you're right because I, you know, it's funny you say that, and I'm like, I never really thought of it that way. And now that you say it, I'm like, oh my god, duh! Mm-hmm. Like, how did I not catch that? There's also a good bit too. Is she keeps scooping Gail because she's killed the person that mm-hmm. they're investigating? So when Gail shows up and she's already there, it's because she was already there because she killed that person. Yeah, and not just that, but you realize now that because I know that she's the killer. Right? Yeah. Because she's she's going by the name Debbie Salt, and she's going uh, she's pretending to be a reporter, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Every time Sydney shows up, she books it. She and Sydney, she only has scenes with Gail, mm-hmm. not with anyone who's actually from Woodsboro, because they would recognize her. Mm-hmm. So, like at one point, Sydney shows up, and she's like, "Oh, I gotta go," and like runs away. Mm-hmm. It's like you realize 
watching it more than once, it's like, oh, she, it's not like she and Sydney are in the same room and nobody says anything because she, Sydney was immediately like Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's that, uh, that one I didn't catch, but that's because I didn't remember that Sydney reveals who she is by recognizing her. Mm -hmm. I remembered that it was Mrs. Loomis, but I couldn't remember like I, I, in my mind, it was just like, she's like, I'm Billy's mom. I'm back. You know, like, yeah. like for all I know. But so I, that I didn't catch that one. I didn't catch. Yeah. No. And like, they do a really good job of like, you, there are scenes where they're like close to being in the same scene together. So that you don't put two and two together that like, oh, you never see Superman and Clark Kent in the same mm -hmm. room together. Like you, you never technically see them together, but they do a good job of like, getting so close that you don't really think about it mm -hmm. which is again well done that's the other thing you start to get into some of the kills in this movie are a little gorier a lot like i would say i would say that the kills at the very beginning of the movie the first ones were bloodier mm -hmm. but as the movie goes on the kills like you never see henry really die like principal henry but mm -hmm. you see Cece get thrown off the roof, like, and get stabbed a few times first. Like, yeah. the kills at the beginning of this one are still good, but the kills in the first one aren't quite as bloody. But that's the other thing they talk about in the sequels: is you have to have better kills, you have to have more kills, you have to have more gore, they have to be more creative because you're trying to outdo the first one or mm -hmm. at least live up to it. So you have to kind of go that extra mile on some of these kills. And then you also have to do the thing where you kill off someone from the first one. Yes. If they're connected. And that's Randy, mm -hmm. which they got a lot of pushback from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you know that Stu was supposed to be in this at one point? Really? Yeah, I think it was this one. But he's dead. They were supposed to be like he survived. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I did read in the trivia that... Uh... Matthew Lillard shows up in the party scene. Yes, in the which I still haven't noticed. Well, I, probably because we were watching it in full screen and he's probably in the widescreen. Oh, uh, yeah, because my DVD is an old DVD. I yeah. should update that to some like nice 4K Blu-rays. See if we can find some Blu-rays, especially yeah. if we have a scratched up. Uh, well, that's exactly number it. Three, yeah. Or like watching it on like a streaming service or something. But yeah, because I've never noticed. I know that he's there, but I've never seen him there. And one of the things I'm. I am surprised that sydney has found herself a new boyfriend so quickly yeah so quickly after her last boyfriend she discovered murdered her mother raped and murdered her yeah mother. i was gonna say raped and murdered her mother mm -hmm. and tried to kill her killed her best friend killed a bunch of other people all to kill her like i feel like i would take a long time to get over that. But at the same time, teenagers be horny. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe yeah. she's done some really intensive therapy. But she she has met a really nice guy. But you, as an audience member, you're always questioning, well, her last boy, what, what does this guy want with her? Is he just another killer? Mm -hmm. And then also there's that sequence with Mickey near the end where he basically tells Sydney that, yes, he was the killer, or the other killer. Mm -hmm. And she refuses to help him and had she helped him i mean he probably still would end up dead he gets shot not stabbed yeah there's yeah there's a lot more people getting shot in this movie yeah 
Yeah. And then like, you think again, that um, Dewey is going to, is done for and he survives. Yeah. Gail gets shot this time, not just like a car accident, which yep. is pretty crazy, but it like bounces off her rib or something, which is like, yeah, that's mm. especially for where she gets shot. She got shot in like the gut area. Yeah. Like, like oh, the getting side shot in the stomach the... is a, is a bad time. Yeah. But there's a lot to mess up there. Yeah. So actually I meant to mention this when you were talking about the kills being gorier. The goriest kill that I can remember in this franchise happens in this in this movie, which is the cop getting the rebar through his head. Yeah, that's and he like the twitching and yeah. stuff. And that's one of the things where you start and to think this movie was kind of there's elements of it that were done on the fly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like them I like the whole like them having to climb over the unconscious ghost face. I like that element, but the whole like Hallie fighting Sydney to not go back and check the killer's face, mm-hmm. who it is, and just standing there. And then somehow the killer gets out and like runs around he the like, construction. Yeah, he like teleports behind them. Yeah, that is a little silly. So like I like that one element. The suspense of them having to get out of that cop car is really great. But mm-hmm. like just and that scene of them leaving only to not be leaving. It, yeah, the thing that that really it's a little was, clunky. Yeah, because like Sydney goes to unmask Ghostface, and then she doesn't, so that she can escape. Mm-hmm. But the second she's free, why didn't she unmask him? Like that—that's the thing that didn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. she should have just done. Like, even with Haley going over Ghostface, she could have unmasked him as soon as Haley was done. You know, yeah. like there were there grab were grab it and run. There were many opportunities to unmask Ghostface at that moment. And then they run away and then choose to go back. And like, there's all sorts of construction equipment sitting there. Like we obviously see that the cop that was with her, like got impaled on some rebar. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of crap laying around. Yeah, Just hit him with another rebar. Yeah. Just like take <laughs> off his mask and just wail on him. Mm-hmm. He ain't getting up. But then all of a sudden he's not only up because getting knocked unconscious, you don't just pop back up and run. Yeah. And then stab someone. You're like, you're screwed for mm-hmm. a while and you should go to the hospital and get a CT scan. You should probably have a concussion. Like he would have probably like barfed like Dwight on the office when he was in that car accident and bonked yep. his head. Like he like threw up and stuff and it was obviously concussed. Like, and then you see Mickey after he's obviously he's just got a, got a bump wound. on his head. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got a head wound. He's mm-hmm. obviously hit his head. And again, this is movie reality. So, yeah. so it's fine i guess but even that one of the things that is still one of the biggest detriments to this movie and i i get i think what they're going for but when jerry o'connell sings yeah it's so and i understand again they're they're trying to these are all film obsessed people and they're trying to like do scenes from like famous movies and this is a scene from a movie we've done on our show because it's from top gun right yeah yeah like i just even seeing it at 12 13 years old i was like this is corny Mm -hmm. i would hate if someone did this to me and it just feels so out of place like i get what they're going for but it never sat right yeah no i i see that i i i I found myself cringing watching the scene as well and even as like a 13 year old watching this i cringed Mm -hmm. i know for a fact i cringed i was like i I think they're going for a mix of cringe and romantic, and it's just cringe. 
So it's one of the weaker scenes in the entire quadrilogy, soon to be quintrilogy. No, quin quinrilogy. Quintrilogy. Hmm. Um, I'm Plus not sure. the TV show. Yeah. So the, in the whole run of Scream, it, it's one of the bottom, I'd say, like five scenes for sure. It's fair. And then I just, we've talked about this for a bit, but I want to point out one thing. Mm-hmm. She what sits in the library and she gets the text on the computer that's like, I'm going to kill you or whatever. Right. And she runs and Cotton is there. Mm-hmm. And Cotton gets really in her face and is really threatening. And the whole time she is nervously polite to him mm-hmm. i was like now that is accurate mm-hmm. because like oof watching that i hate how many times i've had to be polite to some creep because the second you're not polite you're like well is he gonna murder me now and like for poor sydney this is a legit like it's a legit fear for any woman right but in this case but in this case there's someone actively stalking her again She's got like the legit times a million in this case. Mm-hmm. I did like, even though it's a male screenwriter, Kevin Williamson, mm-hmm. he did capture that quite clearly, which I don't think was something I would have recognized in my younger days, but definitely something I recognize now. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Fun. <laughs> Hooray. Okay. So, well, as, as you said, we have been talking about this movie for quite a while. Uh, I just want to, before, before we finish up, sorry, okay, I just want to okay. ask you. Yeah. You've only seen this movie once before. You didn't really, you did remember that one of the killers, but not the other, right? I, I did remember that it was, another, it was one of the students. Mm-hmm. I just didn't remember that it was Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. And it looks so different. Yeah. And. I think he's had a nose job. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Or she's gotten older. Either way, he's still hot. I didn't remember it was him and I didn't remember his motivations because in, in the scheme of things, his motivations are very forgettable versus the mother's motivations. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 he, the second killer, I didn't remember very much. Yeah. No, I was just curious how you felt overall of, cause Billy and Stu in the first one are genius killers. Their motivation is, is great. They play off each other really well. Their chemistry is fantastic. How do you think the two new killers live up in terms of surprise factor? And I the the phrasing isn't great, but enjoyability as mm-hmm. the because like that's the thing that keeps these slashers with many ser- like many in the series going isn't the charisma of the other characters. If you don't have a good slasher. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get sequels. People come back for Jason. They come back for Freddy. They come back for Michael. Like They come back for a killer that is entertaining. So as a killer, how did Mrs. Loomis and Mickey hold up as Ghostface, in your opinion? Mickey doesn't. Mrs. Loomis does. I agree. Mickey, it- Mickey is a pure muscle. I do like that she... The comic I saw that inspired me was literally a comic of Mrs. Loomis sitting at a computer with like a sun going up and down searching for someone like mickey to like (laughs) use in her grand scheme yeah yeah because in the scheme of things mickey is a window dressing yeah he is just there to be muscle Mm -hmm. because she is not going to be lugging around bodies and stuff like he can i don't think she would have been able to throw sarah michelle geller off a roof no probably not as easily 
as Mickey could have. Do we have do we I have that breakdown thinking, actually? Because we talked about that in the last one. Is there a breakout of what killer was which, like there was in the first movie? All right, you ready for this? Yes. Phil Stevens mm-hmm. killed by Mickey. Okay. Uh, Maureen Evans killed by Mickey. Cece Cooper killed by Mickey. Mm-hmm. Randy killed by Mrs. Loomis, who we know. Yuck, she says that it was her. Officer Andrews, Mickey. Officer Richards, Mickey. We know because he had the head wound and everything, so mm-hmm. obviously. Hallie, again, with the whole situation there. Mickey. Obviously, he shot Derek. Yeah. So Mickey. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey is killed by not quite Mrs. Loomis, but then Sydney and Gail. And then Debbie is then killed. Yeah, Mrs. Loomis is killed by Cotton slash Sydney. Because we don't know if the, the shot to the head did her in Right, or not. yeah. She might have already been done by that. Part. Yeah, so, but there you go. So Mickey <laughs> killed literally everyone except for Mickey and Ran- Randy. A much less interesting pie chart to break down, that's for sure. You know what? It really does lend itself to how the the reason why she had Mickey because he 100 does all the work doing all the killing for yeah. her to me that does make him as a killer a little bit more interesting is not the right word but okay I'm on board because he was literally just a tool whereas again Stu in the first one was a bit of a tool as well because it was all Billy yes but that's the whole like two kids where one kid is the dominant personality and the other kid is too submissive to say no. But I mean, in this case, does that make it a mirror image where mommy, you know, Mrs. Loomis well, where is do, the... Where do you think Billy gets it from? Uh... Mind you, it's her own fault. Like she, she blames somehow Sydney and also Maureen, but also Sydney. And it's like, you're the one who left your kid behind. Like you could have, taking him with you yeah but anyway blah, 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 blah. she had all this money for plastic surgery but not enough to fight for custody there you go there you go anyway that's what we thought of this movie but critics in 1997 had their own thoughts so laura why don't you fill us in on some past reviews all right so this movie is not as well received uh audience score critical Holds up quite well, not but quite well against the original Scream, mm-hmm. but with an 81, uh, but 57 audience score, which is quite a disparity. It's bigger than I thought. Roger Ebert says Wes Craven was born to direct this material. One of the most successful of horror filmmakers. Lisa Schwazerbaum of Entertainment Weekly called it a yum yum cast of pretties that pull off a neat trick of affectionately counting the many ways available for horror sequels to suck without making a sequel that sucks. Uh, That that review made my skin crawl a little bit with the yum yum at the beginning. Yeah. Now imagine if a dude had said that, it'd be even worse. Mm. Uh, Derek Adams of Time Out said the film itself is stuck in a cycle of repetition with slight variations. Uh, It was nominated for several Saturn Awards, but no wins Mm -hmm. compared to its predecessor. So. So getting into our reviews. This is your pick. So it's your first. Well, 
I am sad to say I'm going to give it a plane. Mm. It's still enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And as someone who loves slasher movies, it's still good slasher. Overall, over the course of slashers, it is still one of the better ones. And this is from someone who slashers are my favorite horror genre, subgenre, and horror is my favorite genre. It's it's a good movie, but it's not a movie where if I was listening, oh, these are the slashers you got to watch. Mm-hmm. If you're going to watch slashers, these are the ones you need to watch. It wouldn't be in the top 20. Yeah. So still good. It's almost like, should I watch Scream 2? I'd be like, yeah, you should. It's good. But it, it, would I pick it out of a list to be like, this is one you, you should watch without prompting? No. Yeah. So that... I would say is my defining why I went with a plane. That's fair. I mean, I've always said that when it comes to plane ratings for me, a plane means I I think it's a movie still worth watching. I just, it's not at the top of the list of what I would recommend. Exactly. Which is why I will also give this a plane. A fair, a fair <laughs> review. Were you a little worried giving it a plane that I was going to be upset at you? No, because okay. it's not, it's not your favorite movie of all time. Okay. I, I figured you might be, I, I there was an inkling that I thought you might be giving it a plane as well. But at the same time, I felt also like our marriage wasn't going to end if I gave Scream 2 a a, a plane. And you know what? I kind of want to now sit down and watch 3 and 4, which Mm -hmm. I, 3, I don't think we need to cover on. Well, maybe we will on this podcast. Up to you. At some point. Four, four, we can't can't for 10 years. But I would like to revisit because I I really feel now that like, I'm like, I might actually put four as my second in the best order. Yeah. When you were talking about your order, I never really thought of it because like, why would I have ranked the Scream franchise before? But yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, The ranking I would have given is one, four, two, three. Yeah. Like four is a really well done slasher movie. And having not seen it for a couple of years, I feel like I would give that a double still, mm-hmm. whereas this is a plane. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that makes it very easy. But the first one's still the best one. Yeah. So there you go. Well, hun, mm-hmm. what are we watching next week? Well, that is going to do it for this oh, week's sorry. episode. My Remember mistake. that we have a My format mistake. here. We have a format here. Blowing it. That is going to do it for this week's episode. But next week, we will be taking a look at. I love that you're waiting with bated breath. It's I great. Damn. Predator. I'm not surprised. It was I, actually on my list of things I thought you might be talking see, about. See, I, I had a I have I've had Predator on my list for a long time. And when you picked Commando, it kicked it down. Oh, and you didn't want to do two Arnie's in a I row. I didn't want to do two Arnie's in a row. And even then I was like, do I still do it? Because it's so close to Commando. And then after the whole Jurassic Park thing, when it was like, let's just watch what we want to watch. Yeah, 100%. It was like, bam, let's, let's throw a Predator on there. Yeah, I'm on board. I, I could go for some fun Predator action. Yeah, because Predator is a good time. And I I mean, obviously, the whole point is to figure out if it holds up. But I, I'm pretty confident that it will. Yeah. The other movie I thought you might be picking was another 80s or maybe it's 90s Arnold pick. What year did Terminator 2 come out? Oh, I, I I have Terminator 2 is on my list, but it was not one of the movies that I was mulling over. Uh, I, if you remember, I had I had three yeah. movies. One is not on any service that we can watch, and two of them are actually both on Disney Plus. So we were we would be able to watch them. Predator is on Disney Plus. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's the other ridiculous. one I will keep under my hat because it might be my next pick. So mm, Okay. Fair. But 
On that note, look forward to Predator next week. For this episode of Burnt Popcorn, I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. You stole my bit and I didn't steal yours. Correct.